0: live.
1: Jesus Christ, I'm Apostle Robert Klein, pastor of the Christians in the Church, Kinsley, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all again to another edition of Teaching the World, where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. God has been extra good. We give Him praise. No. Children of God, we greet each of you once again in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ. We thank God for the privilege to be back in the Christian Center once again, uh, Kenston, North Carolina, USA, after God has uh, graciously allowed us to visit various countries around the world sharing the gospel, uh, souls being one to Christ and souls being strengthened and edified in his most glorious kingdom. For those of you all that have been worshiping with us, you know that before we left uh, some time ago in October, we were working on a topic, little with God is better than much with Satan, little with God. And and we thank God for everything that that he has shared with us concerning this particular topic. It can help keep us out of the rat race in life. So many people today are striving so hard to get more of it, whatever it is. Some individuals are trying to get more money. Some individuals are working diligently trying to get more promotion, trying to get more popularity, trying to get more positions, more wealth. But God has really put you and I here in this earth to just get more of him because I want to encourage someone tonight that if you and I get more of him, All these other things will follow. Scripture lets us to know to seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us. God has promotions. God has money. God has so many things that that many of us, if we're not careful, can get twisted up and begin chasing after instead of chasing after the true and living God. We looked at Capital A in our outline, the devil leading equals the devil showing. This is why one of the reasons why God does not want the devil leading us, because he'll start showing us some stuff that will definitely appeal to our flesh. Luke chapter four, verse five, Matthew chapter sixteen, verse twenty-two. Capital B God leading equals God showing. When we are led by God, God will begin to show us what He has for us and what He wants us to do. Genesis twenty two and thirteen, Galatians chapter three, verse twenty four. Uh, capital C little becomes much with God. Now this is one of the reasons why little with God is better than much with Satan, because God can take little and then magnify it and multiply it to a place to where the much that looks like look like Satan had cannot even be compared when God finished multiplying. Matthew chapter fourteen verse twelve, Matthew chapter thirteen, verse thirty one. In capital D, in our outline, little faith will bring much miracle. Little faith will bring much miracle. Uh, You know, a miracle is a supernatural manifestation of the power of God. You take Jesus feeding a multitude of people with just a few little fish and a few little bread, pieces of bread. When we are uh, moving very well with God, God can bless us from time to time with his miracles, and his miracles cannot be explained. We looked at Matthew 17 and 20, Matthew chapter 21 and verse 21. It brings us on down to capital E, and we should conclude this tomorrow morning, the Lord willing. What profit a man? That's a question. Now, we're still talking about a little with God is better than much with Satan, and the question becomes what profit a man? amen. We're going to look at Mark chapter 8 verse 36. Prepare to be blessed this evening in the name of the Lord. Mark chapter 8, verse 36. Mark chapter 8, verse 36, from the New International Version of Scripture reads What good is it, from the New International Version, for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? King James Version asks the question What profit a man if he gain the whole world? and loses or forfeits his soul. Capital E in our outline, the question is being asked, what profit a man? Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, again, we thank you, Father, for life. We thank you, Father, for eternal life. We thank you, Father, for the great destiny that you have in store for us, your little children. We appreciate you, Father, for using us to do your good, pleasing, and perfect will in the four corners of the earth. We pray, Father, that your people have been blessed, that your kingdom has been nourished and has grown uh, augmentally, as well as uh, men and women growing in their personal walks with you. We give you all glory, honor, and praise. pray, Father, that you will strengthen us in our spirit, our souls, and our bodies this evening as we listen to your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding. Pray, Father, for the souls under the sound of my voice. Every person that is hearing these words of yours, may they continue to be blessed, edified, and encouraged. And may your name gain all glory, all honor, and all praise. We trust, Father, that as we study to show ourselves approved unto you, you are going to speak in our midst this evening. Give us words that will take us higher, take us higher, Deeper and take us closer to you and the plan that you have for our life. We trust, Father, you're going to do these things for us in Jesus' mighty and glorious name. We pray. Amen and amen. Capital E, the question is, what profit? Amen. We look at Mark chapter 8, verses 31 on down to. Verse 38, and we see Jesus predicting his death once again to his disciples. Now, now this is uh, one place that you will find Jesus and his disciples with a point of contention. You know? And this is why it's so important for us to, uh, take the, to find out what God's will is, because if you don't find out what God's will is, and submit yourself to what God's will is, you'll be fighting God's will and won't even know it. The disciples had their mind on how they wanted Jesus' ministry to go. They had their mind on what they wanted to happen to the Messiah and with the Messiah. And so when Jesus began to teach them in verse 31 that (laughs) The son of man must suffer many things. They didn't want no parts of that. They didn't want to, they didn't want to hear that. You know, Because they had their mind. Now now, what you've got to keep in mind is that, that the carnal mind is an enmity to God. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means you keep right on with the carnal mind, and what you will never find in this life is what God wanted you to do. What you'll never find is where God wanted you to be. You'll never find the job that God wanted you to work on. You'll never find a wife that God wanted you to have. You'll never find the, the 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 ministry that God wants you in. As long as you operate in the carnal mind, the carnal mind is an enmity to God. It does not submit unto the law, does not submit unto God, neither indeed can it do so. So the carnal mind is constantly opposition. So even here is Jesus. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. In other words, Jesus, look, this is what God says is going to go on with the Son of Man. The carnal mind has what the devil wants to go on with the son of man. God has what he wants for your life. The carnal mind will have what the devil wants for your life. God will have where he wants you to go in this life. The carnal mind will have you going where the devil wants you to go. So Jesus began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things. He must be rejected by the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law. Well, messing around with the carnal, with the carnal mind, you'll be running out there trying to be accepted by groups that God has already uh, decreed that you will be rejected by. So the carnal mind will have you operating in just the opposite capacity of where God wants you operating on. The carnal mind will have you operating in just the opposite capacity. He'll have you doing just the opposite thing from what God wanted you to do. Jesus said, you know, he must be killed. And he and and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Well, what is what is the problem? Peter's in the carnal. Peter's thinking about how he wants things to go. And see, this is a problem with, with many individuals. You're thinking about how you want your life to go, instead of taking the time to find out how God wants your life to go. So that that's where the conflict is coming. That's where you'd be wondering, how come this ain't popping for me? How come this ain't snapping for me? How come? This ain't going like you find yourself miserable in your walk with God. Why? Because you're a carnal mind. Now, when Jesus talked about what profit a man, he he asked the question, what profit a man if he gained the whole world and forfeits it?" So, Another way of saying what profit, what is the profit if you get a whole lot of what you want, but you don't get what God wants? You do a whole lot of what you want to do, but you don't do what God wants you to do. You go a whole lot of where you want to go, but you don't go where God wants you to go. What's profit? At the end of the day, what's going to be the profit? So what God has given us time in this earth to find out his good, pleasing, and perfect will, find out what God wants us to do. Here's Jesus trying to tell his disciples what God wants him to do, what God wants him to experience, what God wants him to go through. And here's Peter talking about never, Lord, never shall these things happen to you. And you've got a lot of never shall these things, never Christians out there. God telling you how much he wants you to give to the ministry, never, Lord. God telling you where, where he wants you to go to church, never, Lord. God telling you where he, never, never. Instead of submitting to the will of God, carnal mind will have you kicking against the will of God. And in the end of the day, that only ends up hurting you. The Bible says, but when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me and say, hey, see, this is, this is how we end up with a lot of rebuke. You want a whole lot of your thing will end up getting you rebuked, end up getting me rebuked. We want less rebuke from God, do more of what God wants us to do. It's very simple. The more we do our thing, now again, we ask the question, what profit a man? He's doing his own thing? Doing our own thing will bring us into rebuke from God. Doing our own thing will bring us into chastisement from God. Doing our own thing will bring us the wages of sin, which is death, and it will steer, doing our own thing will steer us away from. The gift of God, which is eternal life. Doing our own thing will steer us away from the blessings of God in this life. Our own thing. You need to understand. I don't understand my voice. Our own thing is, a, is the most dangerous thing. Our own thing will get us sent to hell. Our own thing. End up going right. You got individuals. Some of you all understand my voice. listening to this broadcast. Your own thing got you deceived and heading straight to hell. It's not about your thing. Not about my thing, his thing or her thing. It's about what God's thing is. And that, my friend, is what the adversary does not want you and I to know. What God's thing. Got two twofold ministry, basically the adversary. He don't want you to know what God's thing is, and he definitely doesn't want you to do God's thing. Either one of them two things right there, he knows if, if he can entice you into following either one of them two paths, he can get you sent to hell. Don't spend any time. Don't find out what God's thing is. Keep watching TV. Keep watching TV and I guarantee you on judgment day God not gonna ask you nothing about a uh family guy. Guarantee you God not gonna ask you about uh uh the property brother. God not gonna ask you nothing about NBA, NBA uh what's the NBA show? I just finished watching it myself. Well he not gonna God not gonna ask no question about that. But what God's gonna wanna know, did you do my word? Did you do my good, pleasing and perfect will? How did you, how did you uh, submit yourself to my good, pleasing and perfect will? That's the only question God's gonna ask. So, what profits a man? You, you look at some of the stuff in your life. What is it profiting? Anything that is not profiting you is a detriment to you.
2: Anything that is not profiting you. It's a detriment to you.
1: So when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things in God, but the things of men. There's the carnal mind, the things of men. Man got all kind of stuff. I watched, I think, a program for the first time. I, you know, I've been hearing about it. And, you know, even some of just left Nigeria, just left, you know, Dubai, just left uh, Cairo, just left South Africa. But some of the some of the things were telling me that that uh, well, I guess Kim Kardashian had visited Nigeria some few years ago, and they were like on the planning committee. And <clears throat> excuse me. They told me that, you know, Kim Kardashian, according to this individual, I don't know if it's true, right? you know, I'm just going off, and I just said, what? But according to them, Kim Kardashian flew down, they flew her down to Nigeria, jam-packed and You got some Nigerians with a lot, a lot of money, a lot of our Nigerian brothers got a lot of money, you know, and uh, she came out, you know, people were spent all kind of money for tables and, and, you know, to be close and to be in this particular event, and she came out, hey, Nigeria, how y'all doing? And turned and walked away and collected about a half a million dollars. I said, what? She said, yeah. She said, yeah. I was the individual that was telling me, she said, yeah, yeah, I'm possible a lot of people were, were very upset. I said, hold up, say that again. She did what well now? Came down sick, walked out on the stage, hey,
0: Nigeria,
1: how doing? And turned and walked right back out, jumped in the plane and flew. I said, what? So, you know, that was that had been just kind of marinating in my spirit for a time. So I'm, 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 I'm here earlier. And for the first time, I watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I know I watched a, a good portion of it, and never had I seen that I can think of any more stupid a show to me. I don't, I, you know. I was like, you know, maybe I'm, maybe it's me, you know. It could be me. Maybe it's me. Everybody else is, is running around, and you know, these people said, "Let me see, let me." And I watched, and they had Lamar Odom up there, and they had. Reggie Bush, and in my mind, I'm like, now, how is it? what is it that enticed you all to get caught up in this kind of particular foolish? But it was, a, it was the craziest thing. It was the craziest thing. But the question becomes, what profit a man? You know, if if you, you got all the fine dresses, all the fine cars, you're visiting the most beautiful places in the world, and, and what profit this if you lose your soul? See, you have a take that he give you all kind of trinkets and all kind of little stolen goods to keep you uh, preoccupied with nonsense and foolishness just long enough for you to lose or to forfeit your soul. The Bible says, then Jesus called the crowd to him uh, along with his disciples and said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. There is our problem, self, self. Keep in mind that there's two of us in each of us as children of God. Well, even if you're not saved out there, it might, it might be two or more of you, because if you're not saved out there, it's at least you and the devil in that body. But it could be a legion. One man had, had you know many, many things in it, but there are at least two of us in each of us. If it's God in you, and God is in you along with you, and you need to know the difference. <clears throat> it's important to know the difference between the God in you and the you in you. And if, you, and if you're not saved out there, I'm here to let you to know. And you, you, You're not going to be able to discern it on your own because Satan not going to agree with this. but you need to know it will be good for you to know the difference between Satan in you and the you in you because there is at least two of us in each of us. Know the difference between the God, when God is talking in me or talking to me, and when, you know, that's me or that's my carnal mind. Peter doesn't recognize here that this is his carnal mind talking. And when our carnal mind is talking, you need to know where it got that information from. You know, the Lord was dealing with me on something, a question that that still didn't get answered by Adam. After Adam had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I think the Lord was dealing me on this as I was flying back from Paris or something uh, just a few days ago. Oh, I was in the airport in Paris and, and 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 just kind of communing with the Lord. And the Lord said that question still didn't get answered by Adam. After Adam had eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God began to launch an investigation or began to question Adam about what had happened. You know, God asked him, "Have you eaten from the tree? You know, which I commanded." you to eat from and 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 you know said lord said who told you that you were naked then God went on and said have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you not to eat from man went on with the woman you gave to be with me she gave me fruit from the tree and I did it but Adam never answered the question Who told you that you were naked? That question didn't get answered by Adam. Now you say apostle why is that important? It's important because that same line of questioning and that same kind of questioning God is going to have for each one of us. Where did you get the information you got from? You, you say you got some some information. You say you didn't found out something. You say you didn't, you where Where'd you get it from? God asked Adam, who, who told you that you were naked? Who told how, how you? God, because God said, I, know, I didn't tell you that. So where exactly did you get that from? And the reality was he got that information from sources that he shouldn't have. Let's just say it like that. And, and many of us are doing some of the same thing, getting information. True as it was, it wasn't something that that God gave to Adam. So even though something may be true, that may not be for you and I to have or to hear or to know right then. Adam never answered. Who, who, who told you? You will make it. He must deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. So, what, what do we understand? That there's a there's some some suffering that God has marked out for each one of us. There's some trials that God has marked out. There's some hurts. There's some uncomfortable situations. There's some difficulties. So God know we don't like it, you know, but it's necessary for us to have to go through that just because it was necessary for Jesus to have to go through this is what he's explicitly. He must deny himself. So deny himself no know if it was possible, just like Jesus asked the Lord, Father, if it's possible, take this cup, then he came back, said, nevertheless, not my will, not my will, but thy will yeah excuse my my cough. I caught a cold, I think at the last last church I was ministering in, in Nigeria would sweat so much and and then uh have to take very cold cold showers uh. And uh then sleep underneath an air conditioning that kinda got me. But um we give God thanks in all situations. So he must take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life. Now what does this mean? This means that you constantly running around trying to uh avoid the suffering that God has got marked out for you. Whatever it may be, you constantly, every Time is time for, you to, time for you to suffer for the kingdom. You try your best to wiggle out of that. Well, God says you'll do that and you'll end up losing eternal life. You got to go through the suffering that God has marked out for you. Just like I've got to go through the suffering that God has marked out for me. Whoever wants to save his life, now keep on trying to weasel out, wiggle out. Of everything that God is trying to get you to keep, I don't think things, you ain't you're doing, no, you're doing nothing. You're not doing anything In the end of the day we're making things more difficult on yourself. There's some things we must just go through. David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, I ain't trying to skip around the edges of the valley of death. I'm walking through. That, you know that There are certain, certain things I have to go through, certain difficulties, certain hardships that I got to go through. Because what God does, as he takes us through the trials that have been marked out for us, the difficulties, the hardship, he shapes our character. And that, in essence, my brother and my sister, is what Christianity is really all about. Christianity is about shaping your character. Because at the end of the day, what God wants you and I is to be conformed into the likeness of his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. So God said, look, you can't keep trying to dip and dab and dodge every hardship in life because if so, you will never, your character will never be developed like that of Jesus. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it or will gain eternal life. But what does this mean? Those who are willing to go through their trial, willing to go through their hardship, willing to go through their difficulty, you know. Willing to obey God even when it's not pretty, obey God even when it's not popular, obey God even when, it, you know, it, obey God through the difficult time. And Jesus said, What you will do? You will save it or you will gain eternal life. Then Jesus asked the question Well, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Two powerful questions. Two very powerful questions. We're going to close on this. Because the first question is, what, hap- what good is it if you get the whole world but you lose your soul? Then the second question is, what can you come up with to give in exchange for your soul? Two very, very powerful questions. Because, you know, what what individuals are going to eventually find out, the Lord is just placing this in my spirit right now, that your soul is the most important thing you got? Your soul. That will live on for eternity. Your soul, my, you under the sound of my voice, you will never cease to exist. A billion years from now, every one of you that can hear me now, you're going to be hearing something. You're going to be existing somewhere. Our soul is eternal. Our soul will never cease to exist. Money, it come a day when nobody's going to be talking about no money. Cars, houses, all this stuff, you know, all this stuff will to be gone. But our soul will continue. Our soul will exist. <coughs> so, you know, this is why the scripture tells us to set our affections on things above. Well, what's happening on things above? Things that are above are eternal things that below are temporal. So God says what you need to understand is that your eternal soul is meant to be connected with eternal things. This is why God has given us salvation. This is why God has given us, is going to give us a new heaven, a new earth, a new Jerusalem. God is going to give us eternal stuff to play with. How cruel is it to give your child on Christmas? You know Christmas is coming up. You give your child a, a toy and it's a toy that they would love to play with for the year, and the toy don't last but one day. That would be cruel. That would be cruel. You know the child won't play with the toy all year. Well, you know the child wants to play with the toy for a long time, but it only lasts one day. Then it it break and tear up, and it's no good anymore. Well, that would be cruel. Well, think about what God has done. God has made us. God said, what I've done, Robert, is I've made you all eternal beings. And so what I want to do is I want to give you all eternal things to operate and to manipulate. The new heaven is an eternal heaven. The new earth is an eternal earth. The new Jerusalem is eternal. It fits with an eternal man. Here's eternal stuff. And this is why God had to break man up from the Garden of Eden. Once, Once Adam, you know, it was all right for Adam and the woman to have eternal stuff when they were perfect. But once they had come out of perfection... You don't want to be trying to deal with eternal stuff in an imperfect state, and that's why hell is so terrible. Cause you never get older. You just keep suffering and suffering and suffering and suffering and suffering and suffering. And suffering. It's, it's never old. You might be tired of it, but you're gonna keep suffering and suffering and suffering. So God, after after man had sinned, God had to split up some eternal things from man. Tree of life, let me get it up out of here. You know, perfect garden, perfect. Let me get this stuff up out of here because you all are no longer fit to enjoy eternal things in the state that you are in. Well, you know, when when you're trying to deal with an eternal thing and you're not in the proper eternal state, then that will even be punishment for you. Let Adam have kept right on living right today <clears throat> after he had allowed sin into humanity. So now he would just get older and older and older and older, but would never die. Well, so Adam would be walking around today like you didn't think the walking dead looked look bad. You know. All right, one of the
2: things is using an example.
0: You were with him. You
1: were, you were with him. Okay. No, no, you were. I know you. One of the things he's using as an example, backslider after having tasted of the goodness of God trying to go back into the world. You know, and and that's not a good place to be. You know, the Bible talks about how the way of a transgressor is hard. It's hard. You, you know, you. it's just not good. So, um,. What? The question is, what good is it a man to gain the whole world and forfeit or just give up his soul? When you forfeit, that means you just give it up. I used to hate forfeiting as a coach in basketball or forfeiting as a player. That means, you know, we don't even get to play the game and we lose. We don't even get a chance to get the victory. You know, we, we, we might could have won a game, but because things were not in order like they, they should have been at the proper time, we just had to forfeit. We had to get the game up before we even even had a chance to play. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Your your answer should be nothing. Your answer should be nothing because, you know, each one of us needs to understand the importance of our soul and how nothing and nobody is is worth more and our soul, particularly our soul salvation. Jesus, said, now if you're ashamed of me and my words and this adulterous and sinful generation, so man will be ashamed of you when he calls his glory. So I understand that God is going to do for you about life you do for Him. <coughs> now you you don't hardly want to speak on for God. Now, then don't be surprised if Christ don't speak for you on judgment. Won't that be a shocker? But if you want Christ to speak boldly on your behalf, because there will be a judgment of the righteous and the wicked. We will, we will even death not going to stop the judgment, or the final judgment. People that's dead now, they're going to have to come back up out of death and stand before God. God, God being like, ah, oh, everybody, everybody. People are like, man, I'm dead now, leave me alone. God, like, uh-uh, uh-uh. No. There will be a resurrection of the righteous as well as the wicked, and every man is going to stand before the judgment seat of God, giving account that of the deeds that he has done. Now, if you want Christ to speak, hit hey, God looking at you now, either getting ready to send you to hell for eternity and, or bring you up to, to, to spend eternity with him, and if don't nobody speak up on your behalf, you are finished. If Christ, let me put it more particular, if Christ does not speak up for your judgment, you are finished. You, God is going to tell you, depart from me, you work from iniquity. Because what's going to happen is an imperfect man is going to be standing before a perfect God. And the perfect God, having prepared for you the only way of salvation, the only the only way that you can spend it, to, and you rejected that. So now here is perfect God and your imperfect self, and you standing before God, and God is looking at every sin that you have committed. But there's no one to atone for nobody to 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 rest, restore you and God's relationships. So now God got to send you there, or do you want to speak up boldly for the Lord now? Let the world know that I'm for Jesus. I know I'm not ashamed of the glorious gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. Let people know wherever you go that, that you are with Jesus so that on that same day when you're standing before God looking crazy and God is looking right straight at you, Jesus will speak up. Hey, Father, he's one of mine. And Lord will be like, all right, come on then. And now you can come on in with a big smile on your face. See? Now the choice is yours keep tipping around. Don't want to speak for the Lord. Don't want to say nothing for the Lord. Don't want to acknowledge the Lord. Don't want to talk to the Lord. And then he do you like that on judgment.
0: Okay.
1: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Just, just like, yo,
1: yo, One of the things he's using that as an example, you some of you are maybe go to a club, you stand outside the club and the bouncer's looking at you, you know, like, no, nah, you, you can't get up in here and you stand there looking all crazy, everybody looking at you, whole crowd of witnesses looking at crazy. But then maybe the owner of the club or VIP person that invited you or somebody that has got some pull with the bouncer, say, Oh, it's all right, uh Bruno? He with me. I'm going to be like, all right, come on. Now, which way you want to be? Now, you want to be, you know, allowed to come in because that's what that's what Christ will make available for you. He will, he will allow you to enter into Sabbath days rest. He'll allow you to enter into the kingdom of God. Allow you to enter into the presence of love or to be rejected and embarrassed and sent outside where the dogs are, where there's weeping and national teeth. Excuse me, for all eternity. So we want to not only speak up for the Lord, we want to live for the Lord. We want to, to acknowledge him, reverence him, uh, magnify him, because that will come back to us. That will come back to us on, on judgment. when Christ will speak up. Acknowledge, say, Christ wants to be acknowledged now because he's going to want to acknowledge you later. You don't want to acknowledge him now. He won't acknowledge you later. What profit of man. So, you know, in life, look at what's the profit in it. What's the profit? We're not always talking about monetary. But what is the profit in what I'm doing? What is the profit as, as, a, as a minister, a preacher of the gospel, traveling in, into all the world, what is the profit? You know, and one thing that, that keeps coming up in my mind, seeing souls one to Christ. That's what I love. That is what you thank God that are edified and encouraged and didn't make, but souls coming to Jesus. The Bible says whoever woneth a soul is wise. So when you see individuals, you know, after you share that word and you see individuals come up want to get their life to Christ, then somewhere there's some wisdom going on. See? Because that is why you are when when you get to that level, you're doing the very thing that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ came into the earth to do. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came into the earth to save sinners. So we thank God. Thank God for everything. Okay? All right, saints, we're going to have to close out now as uh, we are experiencing some few technical difficulties, but we pray the Lord has has blessed you very well. And uh, if you are not saved, you know, the Bible says it's a simple method or lets us know that it's a simple method to be saved. Just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart the Lord Jesus. You know, tell the Lord you just want him to be Lord in your life. You want God to save you from your sin. You want God to fill you with his Holy Spirit, make you into a new creature. Let him know that you'll, that you'll serve him for the rest of your life so you won't have to be uh <coughs>